Kia ora everyone. You're listening to Quarantine Days, a young woman's guide to the crazy days of life under lockdown. I'm your host, Verity Johnson, and this podcast is proudly powered by YWCA. Kia ora fam and welcome back. Nice to have you here again. So we talked earlier in the episode about focus and how to keep focus when it feels as though everything around you is absolutely disintegrating. But now we're going to flip this over and look at what you should actually be focusing on. Because sure, we need to keep up with study and work and life admin, obviously, right? But has anyone else noticed that there is this all-consuming, ever-present pressure to be doing all the things during lockdown? Right now, every time we open our feeds, it's being painted on the internet that if you don't emerge out of lockdown as this considerably better, smarter, thinner, shinier version of yourself, then what have you been doing with your time? Basically, it's capitalising on this already heavy social expectation that we have and that we've seen emerge over the last five years or so that tells women, hey, your self-worth is measured entirely by how productive you are, by how much stuff you get done in the day. And if you're not maximising every moment, if you're not listening to educational podcasts while you make dinner and learning French while you're on the toilet or making homemade organic sourdough while in the shower or learning to juggle while going vegan, while doing Pilates, while taking a nap. If you're not doing all of this, then you are a lazy failure at life. Right? Now, if you can't tell from the blatant enthusiasm in my voice, I'm not exactly a fan of productivity culture. Personally, I have spent many, many, many years trying to live the productivity lifestyle, and it's made me far more miserable than I could ever have imagined. But today, I wanted to talk to someone who is very much the epitome of hustle culture and productivity lifestyle before dramatically deciding to chuck it all in and go cold turkey. And today's guest is Lucy O'Connor, who started the iconic blog and Instagram brand Monday Hustle back in the dusty realms of 2015, when we were discovering things like how much we all liked almond milk and how much we liked saying words like productivity, hustle and optimization. Lucy rose to the dizzy heights of Instagram fame off the back of that brand, which was all about helping people live the productivity-fueled millennial dream of being that glamorous, ever-busy young woman who's forever sending emails, making calls, posting on the gram and being on the hustle, baby. In some ways, Lucy was the ultimate poster child for productivity culture. But then, one day, she dramatically stopped it all, stopped the brand, stopped the Instagram account, stopped the blog, chucked it all in, went completely cold turkey, and even moved to Vietnam. She joins me today for some very real talk about the highs and lows of the hyperproductive life and just how damaging it can be for young women. And of course, how do we all now cope now that we're in lockdown and we have this ever more pressing pressure to be productive and perform that productivity in a pandemic? Okay, Lucy, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. And for everyone who doesn't know Lucy yet, Lucy is a freelance writer, media pro, podcast host of Selfie Reflective, presenting different perspectives on the status update quo, and former creative influencer brand formerly known as Monday Hustle. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Verity. It made me cringe and feel proud at the same time. (laughs) It's a nice little throwback there to a previous life. Absolutely. Um, so 
obviously we right now today are talking a lot about productivity and I don't know if this is something that you've seen, although I'm guessing that you have. Um, right now there is all this pressure for us to emerge out of lockdown or whatever the extended period of non-lockdown is as these massively improved, super productive, high performing, fitter than ever, shinier than ever, better looking than ever, baking skills more on point than ever people. And there's all this productivity pressure basically um, to be the new you during this uh, unprecedented global panic. <laughs> off, the, off the top of your head, how are you feeling about that productivity pressure? Well, productivity pressure for me is nothing particularly new. As a freelancer, I'm constantly working from home and doing all of those things and feeling the need to constantly be in the right places and in the right inboxes and things like that. Um, but what I think is interesting is that this, you know, we're in isolation for four weeks, right? And what I'm seeing is this narrative of people thinking, like you said, they're going to reemerge with a whole bunch of new skills, with a whole new body and a whole new phase and all of those things. And I'm thinking to myself, hang on, it's only four weeks. Like who can write a best-selling novel in four weeks? And aren't there like a lot of these people still working anyway? Like, <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And also saving lives and having to deal with the imminent crisis that's unfolding around there is so much and you know that's on social media I don't know what people's real living rooms and emotions are like but definitely the things that are across our feeds are all relating to productivity and even when they're not relating to productivity they use the word productivity because they say don't feel pressure to be productive at this time and you're like well now I'm thinking about being productive and how I'm not being productive and I'm feeling bad so all the messages messages and it's just reinforced oh it is reinforced yeah the absence of that is still reinforcing that the productivity part is something we're thinking about constantly. And uh, when you were um, spearheading the Monday Hustle blog, which was all about basically the idea of um, hustle culture, in effect, you were this glamorous and dramatic, well, I would say you're glamorous and successful young woman, but you were very much the embodiment of hustle culture. You were going out there and you were, you know, chasing goals and kicking in doors and that kind of thing. And a lot of that seems to be based on the idea of constant productivity and constant hustle and constant getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. So it was a bit of a, um, it kind of, uh, showed pr productivity culture as this kind of glamorous, exciting career path for young women. Mm. Do you still feel that way about the endless pursuit of productivity? No, <laughs> it's not glamorous at all. It's so stressful. There is so much anxiety involved in feeling like you constantly need to have something to show for the life that you were just kind of living day by day. You know, like that output is more important than just feeling okay with doing nothing in a day. I think that mindset is something that's really damaging. And I look back at the messages that I promoted on Monday Hustle. And although I tried to keep it balanced, you know, it was effective you need to take charge of your life. You need to do stuff. You need to put it out there. You've got to create, you've got to publish, you've got to post. And it very much was that, that message that I now kind of cringe at and am working to kind of work out what it all meant, first of all, and also work out how I can undo that messaging that was obviously embedded in me somewhere and that didn't come from nowhere either so it's thinking about what kind of culture we exist in and how society perpetuates this idea that productivity equals worth and also on a personal level when you were at the peak of chasing the monday hustle life how did that productivity lifestyle make you feel 
I mean, it was interesting because it did pay off, you know, like I have to admit that there were some things that worked out. Um, but the problem was you couldn't point it to anything. When you're in a, con- when you're in a state of constant productivity, there's no one thing that, you know, you can be like, that thing is what got me in the pipeline for this. It's kind of the culmination of all of the things, which means that you're just kind of throwing bits out there and hoping that something will stick, but never quite knowing what the right strategy for that is or where you can kind of relax on that a little bit. It's just this constant churn of publishing and promoting and delivering. And you're just like, I don't know what it all means. (laughs) Did you ever get that sense of satisfaction, the final eureka moment where you're like, I've achieved this? Mm -mm. No way. The goalposts constantly shift. We've talked about that. Like there's no end game when you don't know what's working. You can't, you don't know where to take the pedal off. It's, you know, as much about what you do as what you don't do. And having to demonstrate that all the time as well, when that becomes your brand and that becomes your ethos, which I don't think I'm alone in, you know, even though I did run a brand Monday hustle, I still think people feel the pressure day to day of being productive, which is, which is why all these articles (laughs) are coming out saying that right now you need to be productive because everyone's clearly thinking I need to still be productive to show myself. Exactly. Which is inherently flawed. You know, we have so much going on at the moment in particular. I think some people just need to exist in this moment and get through a day without feeling the pressure to produce some homemade hot cross buns. Like, really? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's okay. Just stay in bed. (laughs) But that's something I think. Oh, sorry. After you. you I was just going to say, I think that's something that we really need to undo as a society because it's not it's not a long game. You know, if we are driving our culture towards burnout and that is what is celebrated, you know, the badge of being busy. When, when you ask how someone is like, they will always mostly invariably say, say busy. I'm busy. And you go, Oh yeah, I get that. I'm busy too. Cool. I'm not alone. But we don't stop to think, well, why are we all so busy all the time? Why is life so busy? Like that's a horrible feeling. And I personally have written quite about this extensively, but the more busy I become, the more empty and meaningless I actually feel because I feel as though even when I achieve something, there's another thing that I haven't achieved. And if I ever stop in that process of chasing those goals, then I'm not achieving anything and I'm not doing anything, which means therefore I'm inherently not living the right life and I'm not valid. Mm -hmm. So where... And you touched on this before because you said that it came from inside of you as well. Where do you think we've absorbed these ideas that somehow our productivity is entirely the sum of how many emails we can smash out in a day? (laughs) Well, I mean, I was listening to a podcast by Ezra Klein. I don't know if you've heard of Ezra Klein, but he does some brilliant podcasts. Go listen to him. There was a guy called Derek Thompson who was on his show and he wrote an article about... Staff writer for The Atlantic. Yes, He's, I, I love no that way. dude. Sorry, oh keep my going. Gosh. Yes. Well, you might even yes. have heard about it. Huge fan. He wrote an article called Workism or something that relates to workism. So he talks about like going through the ages and we used to be like farmers or cobblers and like that was what we did for work and that was fine. The rest of our life was separate to it, but that's what we did. Then we turned into like this career oriented society where it was important to like work your way up the ladder in a corporate environment. Now we're in this situation where if you are working on like anything less than your passion, 
then your life is not worthwhile, but your passion is directly related to like how much income that makes you or how much social status that gains you. It's not to do with something that brings you joy or, you know, whatever you want to call it. You have to be demonstrably, oh my God, how do I say that? You have to be demonstrating. Oh, demonstrably. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be demonstrating that you are worthy all the time because of your output. So I don't know. I think it's a really insidious thing that's happened over time. And, um, you know, it's under this like sexy guise of making it. And now women are particularly vulnerable to this self-made entrepreneur kind of mindset, which yes and no. I mean, we're not really hitting the problems of the patriarchy by forcing women to, you know, succeed at all costs and reach the very top of the ladder and do all the things by themselves without supporting other people or embracing the support of others along the way. It's just, yeah, we've gone off piste. (laughs) And I also think that in some ways, and you would have felt this with Monday Hustle, this this idea of the glamorous young woman who's forever on her iPhone in one hand, a coffee in the other, and stepping out of a cab into an important meeting somewhere, constantly on the go, constantly producing, constantly achieving. That image is like just another one of those versions of what women should be in the same way as in the fifties, we were supposed to be docile and happy and baking bread and having five kids and then like not working and staying at home and being a Stepford wife. But we don't seem to have got any better at picking models for women that actually make us feel good because I can tell you from one, from one hustler, from one ex hustler to another (laughs) ex hustler, the lifestyle made me feel terrible. So why do we, keep picking these role models or these ideas of how we should be that are fundamentally making us unhappy because it's good for productivity it's good for capitalism it makes people money like you know we don't have other role models and the structure that we exist in like that is what is successful it's being rich and being glamorous and being forever young and like we don't actually we haven't stepped back and dismantled the fundamental issues of you know a society that doesn't actually make many people happy i don't know you know, we always hear about the CEOs at the top who are actually depressed and suicidal and having really horrible, stressful lives because they're not connected with anything but this idea of productivity and financial gain. And like, it's just, it it never ends. Yeah. Do you know what the really ironic thing about that is that statistically, um, white men in positions owning over 100k a year, so typically the top of top band of corporates, are statistically choosing to work longer hours at work than they were 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and that they are voluntarily working longer and working more and working harder, and yet their happiness is going down. So isn't that really interesting that there's a group who are choosing productivity as a lifestyle? to the expense and voluntarily doing it like voluntary workism mm-hmm. that doesn't make them happy at all. Well, I mean, that's again, like we, we've become our job titles now. It's not enough to just go to work and make money. And that is something that I'm trying to undo is my connection with, you know, like being okay with not feeling passionate about the way that I make an income because that's not sustainable, right? Like even if you lived your dream and you thought you were making money for something you're passionate about, like two years later, that's just not going to have the same feeling attached to it. You're going to, it's going to become tired and old. I mean, for most people, some people are, are 
have these amazing passions like Steve Irwin. Um, but you know, like for most people, that's just not realistic. So what I'm trying to do is like, like it, it sucks that we haven't been given this opportunity to find out what makes us content and what makes us happy in lieu of something that is worth showing, which is money, which is success, which is a following on social media. I feel like our generation in particular has been kind of robbed from that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that we've actually had the elements that make us feel the best, things like family, community, connection, even things like religion, faith, or a spiritual sense of um, a greater purpose than just my new Apple product or my new MacBook. Uh, This sense of otherness Mm. has been increasingly stripped out of our lives. So maybe back in the day, I would have belonged to a church and maybe I would have had... um, a large family and maybe I would have like had hobbies and that kind of thing, but it's become increasingly narrower and narrower and narrower. So where we find our purpose from is almost entirely from our job and our partner who is supposed to provide all of those things that we're now currently missing in our lives. You've forgotten a third person in that, Verity. Social media. We can now... <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. I forgot social media. We yeah. now have the opportunity to signal like everything that we do with our lives and work is just as important as exercise in that sense. So like we feel... Like even if we have downtime, we've talked about this before, you have to signal that it's downtime. It's not just enough for it to be downtime. You know, like our our default is like, oh, what's a nice shot where I can demonstrably show that I'm sitting down with a cup of tea and relaxing. It's not, it's... In my perfectly matched active wear with my (laughs) on-brand brand brand of peach tea. And if it's not bad, you're not going to show it. Or if it is, it's like Vulnerable Tuesday or something. There's a hashtag attached, who knows? Um, So yeah, I think it's this odd sense of the fact that we have to signal, you know, the fact that we are hustling, that we are pushing, that we are living our best life, even if that's just entirely fabricated and made up for the sake of people watching online. And, you know, you had quite a dramatic experience where you completely stepped away from Monday Hustle and then you had a you know completely different change. You went cold turkey off social media and then um, moved away, even choosing to move completely out and going to Vietnam. And that environment where you weren't hustling and you had a very much slower pace of life, did it make you happier? Definitely. Absolutely. Because you're not living for anyone. Like there's no point because no one cares when you're not in an environment where that is the norm. So to be removed from that, I mean, there's always a type of withdrawal that you experience when you, when you, you know, go somewhere completely new or live a life that you're just totally not used to. But it was a really important lesson in just kind of living day to day. Like I know that's a cliche, but it was totally that. And, you know, I didn't showcase it on social media. It's very rare that I put anything about my actual life on social media these days. Um, So yeah, it was just a really refreshing experience where you kind of had no choice but to be in the moment because that is really all that kind of mattered. But like I tried likewise to give up productivity, that, that mindset of productivity. And I don't seem to have been quite as successful as you because even when I'm deliberately trying to be unproductive, like I'm just like, no, I'm going to schedule time just to read. I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to chill out. I still get that nervousness that I'm not utilizing my time better. I'm not using that 40 minutes at the end of the day to, you know, work on my French skills or (laughs) plan an Excel sheet for all the hand sanitizer I'm going to buy. I still get that 
you know, baseline fear that I'm not performing well enough. And does that ever go away? Well, I mean, I think I'm sorry if I mis- misrepresented the way that I felt in Vietnam because I very much still felt in that productivity mindset. <laughs> there was like, I mean, I launched Self Reflective, my podcast during that time. Um, I think that undoing this idea of productivity is really a life's work when you have existed in it for so long. Like, I mean, I still struggle. I you know, like if I'm not working on the podcast, I'm working on the article. If I'm not working on the article, I'm like prospecting for the movie I'm planning to make in five years. Like there's no off switch. There's always something. And I think that in the same way, we've kind of optimized, like you said, the idea of self-care or the idea of relaxing, like that has to have a time slot as well. And if we're not using our downtime to engage in something that is, you know, beneficial to us, demonstrably beneficial to us like meditation which there's an app for or you know upskilling with our french or i don't know it just feels like that we have to schedule in every aspect of our life and that that our life is becoming optimized which is really ironic isn't it because there were things like i mean the even the even the political ideology of self-care started as a method of rebellion in america for communities who felt they were being um who were actually being marginalized and ignored for a lot of black american communities and a lot of latino communities who were saying i have to do radical self-care as an act of rebellion against a system who hates me so that was originally a really kind of um powerful combative um rebelling rebellious against the system tool And now we've taken that idea of self-care and rebranded it. So it's all about like optimizing how much we can work harder for the system and how much we can give more to the system and how we can optimize our own life so that we're even greater enmeshed in the system. So the system's actually taken one of our previous tools of rebellion and been like, hey, (laughs) you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to twist this. There's an $11 face mask for that. (laughs) We've turned it. I think I read that the self-care industry is now a billion dollar industry. So there's a very like capitalist agenda for us to engage in self-care now. But as long as it's fit in, in the right schedule slot, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, as long as it's like between like 6.30 p.m. and 7.15 on a Thursday night because that is your self-care And as long day. as we pay for it, you know, and that's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pay some skinny white woman in yoga pants on the internet to give you this like secret solution to the happiness that in your life. That is a whole other podcast. invariably comes in tea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing I was thinking though is that moving into lockdown and moving into this very strange new normal where lots of the typical hallmarks of productivity, like going to the gym or um, working long days at the office or um, getting your coffee and walking down the street with a power walk. <laughs> a lot of these traditional um, habits that even that I absolutely do um, that make me feel productive, I can't do them anymore. And what I've realized is that I don't miss their presence at all. I don't long for the feeling the adrenaline high of being busy and I don't miss the um, pressure that I would put on myself to perform busyness. And I was just wondering if the lockdown period has made you feel any differently about productivity and the culture of productivity. Has it like reinforced your existing doubts about how worthwhile this culture actually is? 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, watching my friends and family go into productivity mode has been a really new experience or, you know, like they are thinking about how they can be most productive in a home setting. So seeing them go from like going to the gym or going for a run to doing like 30 day home workout challenges or baking, you know, I'm like, Oh, that, I don't, I don't know. Like why? And, And it's, you know, it's not just about doing it. It's also about showing it, which is also is something that is kind of problematic to me. Um, but yeah, I think that this productivity mindset is a really difficult, enduring, relentless way to live. And it's not healthy whether we're in lockdown or not. And I, I hope that, you know, what this teaches some people is that there is an alternate way that, you know, relationships and connection really are the most important thing and that there are other ways to operate in terms of a work in a financial sense, you know, what company can now say, oh, you can't work from home because people aren't as productive when they're at home. I think that's being flipped on its head at the moment. Um, so true. Yes. I'm hopeful that this will change the mindset because, you know, people have no choice now. They're, they're having to think, well, and, and maybe because we're in the same environment and you're being productive in the same environment, there's not that kind of stimulus change. You can see that maybe it's not healthy, that you're freshing about the house. You're not leaving to go to work to then be productive, to come home and then be productive. It's like all existing in the same space. So maybe there's an extra layer of awareness as to how damaging and futile and flitty this whole productivity mindset really is. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things about being in lockdown is that you are now literally encased within four walls with only your thoughts and the internet for entertainment. And I found that my productivity, um, my productivity addiction was very much a way of running away from examining what actually made me feel worthwhile and productive inside because a lot of the things that actually make me feel worthwhile aren't really anything to do with productivity So what I realized from this experience was that when the chips were down and the first week of lockdown hit and my life got very, very complicated and messy and and hard for a lot of people who I love very, very fast, I wasn't reaching for my yoga mat to do emergency downward dogs so I could, you know, have my hamstring technique improved. What I cared about and the things that made the most difference in my life were being there with my family and supporting and having them support me and my friends and making sure my friends are okay and us coming together in a sense of community. And that was for the first time when I really realized that chasing productivity as a, as a, as a lifestyle choice had made me feel nothing. And that when the chips were down, what made me feel worthwhile was nothing to do with productivity or self-improvement. It was all about my family and my community and helping and being helped And I think that was a really shattering (laughs) insight for me because I was like, oh my God, I've dedicated, you know, eight years of my life to pretending to be someone who's like super busy all the time and and ignoring what I actually felt inside. Um, And I was just wondering, did you have a similar moment when you realized how empty productivity made you feel or the, the constant ruthless pursuit of productivity made you feel? Well, I have been in Vietnam for the last six months. So I feel like I had that confrontation six months ago when I first got to Vietnam where none of the signifiers, you know, for the worthiness of my existence as I knew them were there anymore. No one knew me. I was in a totally different culture. I was, you know, I couldn't speak the language. It was all very confronting and new and slow and 
I didn't know the space. And so I think I kind of went through that, you know, what is actually meaningful to me confrontation a wee while ago, which has made this experience of being in isolation possibly a little bit of an easier transition because (laughs) I've kind of been exposed to a slower pace of life. But I think what, again, what this has done for me has demonstrated that like productivity is not always a worthy pursuit because look how quickly these measures can be taken away from us. I think it's a really interesting reminder that we're just really not in control of, of what happens to us, you know, with global warming, with pandemics, with whatever. It's kind of just one of those moments in time where hopefully there's a collective thinking, you know, like, like the process you've been through about what is meaningful and what is helpful and what feels supportive in lieu of any productive signifiers as we know them. Absolutely. And well, hopefully we emerge with some new signifiers of productivity. Do you have any advice for people who are constantly, or if you've got someone who's like me, who's recently (laughs) realized that productivity is not a measure of self-worth, do you have any other um, insight into what we could be looking to measure our self-worth with instead? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yes, as someone who is still very much affected by this productivity culture, I think it is really a life's work to kind of undo and to genuinely be in a moment where you're not feeling the pressure at least of thinking you should be doing something productive. I think that's a really difficult thing. And I think it's exacerbated and amplified because of social media, right? Like whenever we go on social media, we are seeing the end result of someone's productivity, whether that's like a book release or whether that's just a photo that someone has taken and gone to the effort to publish. Like we are seeing the end result of productivity all of the time, which means that we feel like we should want that and we should do that and we should produce that in order to be seen, in order to feel worthwhile, in order to get validation. So, I mean, I don't have the answers for someone who is struggling with it, but I know that not feeling like I need to publish everything on social media was a really great place to start and to confront those feelings of, well, what would I be in lieu of demonstrably showing that I am being productive? You know, what does, what does that mean I do with my time if I'm not showing anyone what I'm doing with my time? So for me, that was like the starting point of being able to undo or at least start to observe that kind of mindset. And did you ever get the sense that that none of this productivity stuff mattered anyway, because that was the sense that I had this week is that nothing I was even trying to do or achieve or trying to be this person who excelled, that it didn't actually really matter because like what you were talking about, when you lose all control and you realize that we don't have that much control over our lives, the stuff that matters isn't anything to do with my career or my gym routine or my productivity or whatever. It's all to do with the people that I love. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But I also think it's a really great challenge to actually think about what productivity looks like for you. You know, like what do you actually want to be productive in doing? Is that fostering your Mm. relationships? Is that writing short stories? Like it's a great opportunity to really reflect on the type of productivity you want to be working in or want to be stressing about, you know, like, is it making sure that you have every single 20 minutes sort of your day filled with something? Or is it simply that you go to work, you earn your money and you go home and you spend half an hour writing poetry, you know, like what is the point of the productivity and what would you do even in lieu of any feedback that what you were doing is good or the lifestyle that you were hitting is kind of normal. I think that is something that we could see as an opportunity for now is like, what would we do 
what, 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 what does productive mean? What is good productivity for no one else but ourselves? And this is actually a really good chance to reflect on that because, you know, we, we have long periods of absolute boredom. We're not doing anything. So <laughs> this is the chance when we can look at ourselves and be like, what do I actually feel means something and what's worth being productive in? Like whether that's relationships or family or your friends or whether that is a gym routine. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's tough not to sound like influencer speak, but <laughs> this is really like... A, a very rare opportunity to have at least a tiny bit of reprieve in a lifestyle that we are so saturated with and sometimes don't have a moment to think about, you know, what it actually means for our general well-being, our health conditions, the way that we sleep at night. Like it's, it is an opportunity and it's a backhanded opportunity because it flipping sucks and it's scary and we don't know what's happening. But um, yeah, I think it's important that the mindset and the lens through which we see this is at the end of the day, something positive that we can collectively take back out and start to kind of chip away at the parts of our culture that is not actually conducive to a great life for anyone. And so, yeah, and you can, we can begin that process right now, right here in our bedrooms. If we're going to do something with all that free time, it could be to unpick all of this self-loathing <laughs> that we've internalized about how we're not good enough because we're not constantly achieving. Okay. So <laughs> if you're going to speak to someone who like me, <laughs> it was until very recently beating themselves up for not doing enough in lockdown, what's the one thing you would say? Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, as a freelancer, again, you know, I've been exposed to this kind of uncertainty and this, you know, moments of productivity and moments of hustle and then kind of reflecting on where I go from here. So I, again, am maybe in a more fortunate mindset than some other people when dealing with this. But I guess it would just be, you know, like there's so much going on. There is so much beyond what we can even consciously consider right now. This is unprecedented. This moment in time is not about you. So it's kind of like this very humbling, greater experience that we are in the middle of and we still don't know how it will end. So seriously, again, to take it to another cliche, it's kind of just taking it day by day. It's checking in and saying, mm. do I feel like doing anything? How does exercise feel? Look outside, is it raining? Oh, maybe not today. It's just like being comfortable with being. Um, and again, gosh, I'm so glad yeah, to influence that. to speak, but <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? Fuck. There's, we're so out of control, which can be terrifying or it can be, can be really humbling. And I think the latter is something that we just kind of need to float through and, you know, just think about the day to day. Yeah. And I suppose if we are currently in the process of learning how to be okay with being as you oh so eloquently put it title of my next book no jokes that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it is i mean that's what solitude does right is that you have to confront how you live your life basically so we're learning how to be okay with our lives and in any like that's the work of a lifetime i mean mm -hmm. god like that is an entire way of that's an entire journey a spiritual journey a life journey or whatever so if you're going through that right now, maybe we should just, like you said, take it in bite size, like bite sized pieces and take it one day at a time. And if you're learning how to be the new normal, that's very expected. That is in fact what you should be doing right now. You shouldn't be putting all this pressure on yourself to be performing because right now we're trying to learn 
how to live a new style of life. And that's quite time consuming. <laughs> that is, you know, quite a lot, of, quite a lot of mental energy goes into that. <laughs> Without getting too existential, it's like, you know, like we've kind of made up this way of life anyway. So when we're thrown into this totally new paradigm, of course it's natural that we feel anxiety and we want to continue to have the same measures and enjoy the same metrics as we were experiencing before we were in isolation. Um, but again, like it's that opportunity to just be like, okay, what is important? What matters? Do I even need to think about what's important or what matters? Or do I just need to lie here for a bit? You know, like it is, yep. yeah, it's a, such an odd time. And I, it's difficult to kind of give advice around that when we don't know what the next stage is going to be. Oh, totally. Well, okay. What's one thing in this process that's made you feel useful or worthwhile in the last three or four weeks during lockdown? What's one thing that you've done that's made you feel good inside? Honestly, it's having the time and the space to do something for, I'm living with my partner at the moment. So do something for him, you know, like make him a coffee or commit to doing dinner and the dishes. Like it's just those little things that are actually not about me being productive or me creating something. It's something that is making the person in my immediate surrounding happy or, you know, give them like something that makes them feel joyful and in turn makes me feel joyful. It's kind of caring for my immediate surroundings versus thinking about the bigger picture all the time. And I think we just managed to neatly bring back that back to another cliche that <laughs> a life spent in the service of others is the only life worth living, which I think was Einstein who said that, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But yes, you're right. I want another quote. There's a I, quote. Uh, <laughs> it's like working, oh, what is it? Working hard, working on the right thing is probably more important than working hard. I th- I, who is that? It's hey, um, Is that an Instagram title? Oh, maybe. <laughs> well, who's the person who said it? Um, I can't think. I'm so sorry. I will I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I think that is like, again, <laughs> asterisk that will come back to <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. That again is like just coming back to that idea that we don't constantly, like, what are we doing it for? What are we doing it all for? Who cares? Like when it's all oh, taken absolutely. away, yeah. who's there being like, you haven't done an Instagram story today or like, why don't you send me this email on time? Like who's really doing that? So it's kind of thinking about the self-imposed productivity versus the productivity that we actually feel is, you know, where we want to be spending our time or how we want to be spending our time. Oh, absolutely. And also that um, I used to get this incredible sense that um, that feeling the anxiousness, feeling the pressure, that I had to feel anxious and harried and stressed in order to prove that I was doing something. I had to, that, that stress was actually a marker that I was achieving something and I didn't know how to recognize achievement without that constant self-imposed productivity pressure without feeling constantly anxious. And I think that what I'm realizing now is that actually I don't need to feel constantly on the edge of burnout in order to be actually achieving anything because that wasn't really making me actually achieve anything anyway. All it was doing was running me into the ground in the pursuit of something which kind of ever kept moving out of reach. Mm-hmm. Or was drowned out by all the other things you were doing. You can't actually stop and reflect yeah. on something amazing <laughs> that you've done or something that you've finally yeah. published or whatever it is when you were just pursuing all of these other side hustles, which like is quite an odd modern thing that we, that we think is important. Yeah. And in fact, like an imperative to leading a positive life or a valuable life. Yeah, and we see like, exhaustion to the point of passing out is like this badge where it's like this is the sign that you're 
you've got it right. You've done enough. You, you're living your life in the right way. You've got five side hustles and like, and you're working till 9 PM at your regular brand. job. Like, you know, it's, yeah, what are, yeah it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I feel like we've missed, I feel like we've managed to deeply critique all of the fundamental prospects of modern society <laughs> from a capitalist <laughs> point of view. Um, but if you could say one thing to other young women out there who right now might be feeling a bit, um, a bit might be beating up on themselves for not being productive. What would you say? One tiny thing. Oh, tiny thing. That's a tricky one. I mean, I think that for women in particular, it's such a complex subject, this idea of productivity. And we've talked about this before, Verity, like the idea of being seen to be productive. So when that is taken away, I think that for women again in particular, like our sense of self-worth feels completely eroded when we can't be out there being the person that we think society wants us to be and showing that online and doing all the things. So, I mean, one small thing. Well, as someone who embodied the lifestyle where a lot of people would have looked at you when you're a Monday hustler and been like, she's doing all the things that I want to do and you were being all the things that everyone thought of successful and um, that you were doing it right and you coming from the inside knowing that actually that didn't make you very happy. Mm. What would you say to everyone who would have looked at that hustle lifestyle now? I think it like it's something that really – is interesting to me is like the idea of you sitting there in a rocking chair as an 80 year old and looking back at your life and thinking about like the moments and the things that you did and the things you achieved that you were most proud of. And I don't think it would be like that amazingly hilarious story that you shared about that terrible day you had. You know what I mean? It's like, think about the bigger picture and choose where to spend your time wisely. And also choose, like also think about who cares you know at the end of the day if everything was taken away from you if instagram disappeared if your job like some of us are experiencing right now just is no longer there you know who are you in lieu of all of that what is that what does that core piece look like and that again is is are you telling us to go and find ourselves (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh god (laughs) yes and no i think i think like my main advice would just be like work out where you can start to alleviate that pressure that is like pretty much self-created, you know, and it's not so much about finding yourself. It's more just finding those, those moments of reprieve, those moments of boredom and indulging in them and being okay with that. And relishing in doing nothing, relishing your boredom. And don't gram about it, to. just be bored. Like go to the beach without your phone and sit there for a while. This is a great time to do that. Provided that your beach is within walking distance from your lockdown area. Absolutely. <laughs> Unlike David Clark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's just just work out the, mom- the, the feelings of those pressure and where you think that's coming from or who you think is applying it. And if it's not you, if it's not something that you genuinely you know, is imperative to, to becoming the person that you want to be or achieving the things you want to achieve, work out where that's coming from and how you can just alleviate that a little bit. Be nice to yourself. <laughs> Cut yourself a break. Yeah, I love it. Lucy, that's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Verity. You've given me so much food for thought. And yeah, your line of question, questioning will keep me occupied for the, the next however long we're in lockdown. So thank you very much. It's been my pleasure.
Well, fam, if there's one piece of ex-hustle culture advice there, it's be nice to yourself. We are clearly going through even weirder times than ever, and it's not the time to be pressuring yourself to perform your personal best. That is, even if we still believe in productivity culture, given what Lucy was talking about, how it actually might just be an anti-feminist capitalist conspiracy. And uh, not to get too tinfoil hat on you there, but I kind of agree with her. But look, the important thing that we do right now is take the time to do the mahi and unpick these stupid ways society has told us to define our self-worth by our output. But also, just remember that what matters right now is surrounding ourselves with people with love, helping them, helping ourselves, and making sure that everyone is just feeling okay. Right now, feeling okay is an achievement in itself. And that brings us to the end of episode one. Remember to hop into those DMs and let us know your nominations for the Coffee Fund. And remember to tune in for the next episode where things will be getting quite real and quite heavy, but hopefully useful as we talk about how isolating and lonely it can be right now and what we can all do to help feel connected. And remember, if you are loving our corridors, then make sure you get onto Spotify and iTunes and follow and subscribe and like and review and do all of the things and help keep us podcasting. This podcast is proudly powered by the YWCA.